This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future. You want to punch me in the chin? I threw your pumpkin in the bin. It's true, though. (laughs) It's true, though. I literally, I was like, hey, can you throw this in the bin tonight before you got here? I was trying to make my dinner and I was like, hey, see this stinky pasta that's out of date now? Can you please throw that in the bin? It's in this tub. Here it is. (laughs) He then went to the bin. I passed him the tub. In the meantime, on the workbench is my coleslaw that I'd made and also my pumpkin that I was about to chuck in the air fryer to heat up because it was roasted pumpkin. And I turn around and I literally open the air fryer. I go back to it and he's yapping away about something. And I'm like, where's my pumpkin? And he went, he looks in the bin and I went, did you throw throw my pumpkin away? And he was like, I know where your pumpkin is. (laughs) He's looking in the bin. Did you salvage it? No. He then, after I'm, I may have been like, why did you throw my pumpkin away? He then tried to throw my coleslaw away. <laughs> to be fair, you threw, you pulled the containers out. They were stacked all together and you're like, can they you throw these not. in the bin? No. You were like, can no. you throw these in the bin? Just did happen. I literally picked up the one and I said, this needs to go in the bin. And then the other two were on the bench. And then I literally took the one and I put it where he was. And you put all the containers where they all were like in the same space. No, they were not. Anyway. They were. You got this giant bench and you put everything in the one space. Full of shit. Can confirm <laughs> your pumpkin is in the bin. Oh my god. R.I.P. Pumpkin. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to episode 24 of FM Fish ADHD for Grown-Ups. My name is Callie and I am here with the man himself, the pumpkin thrower away Mr. The man, the jack of all trades, Lachlan Barrett. Lucky. And we also have with us today the one and only Rachel. And you will remember her from such episodes as episode two Woo. of this podcast. But you've been a bit busy, Rach. You've been away. I've been away. What have um, you been doing? I've uh, been having a baby. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. I'm so excited to meet baby B today. He's looking at me. Having the baby with you should not be um, any kind of preventer for being able to record the pod. So if you are listening today, there may be some pauses. <laughs> some pauses, pauses, squeaks, grunts, and it's the baby. That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, we're going to record tonight and see how, see how we go. Try our luck. The but baby welcome back. edition. Yeah. yeah. First baby on the podcast. First baby on the podcast. Amazing. Yeah. I did get an angry message from Smitchy. Did you? Because I called out being that last week, uh, last episode was our first man on the couch. And um and he's like, was not what happy. am I, chop liver? <laughs> but he was the first Smitchy on the couch. So, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't spoken to hey, me podcast. since. <laughs> He didn't message me. I mean, I had his back. You could have been like, can we just note the whole time that Andrew was here last week, in about, not the whole time, but in about a minute 50, he'd done a bloody this thing, Rubik's Cube. Oh, yeah. He completely (laughs) solved the Rubik's Cube. He was like, can I have a go? And we were like, the kid. Would you mind if I solve it? We got the kid, got the yellow side, and he was like, oh, have you tricked me? And then he just did it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, tell me you're autistic without telling me you're autistic. That's such a cool thing. Like, isn't it? Isn't so it? Cool. I've seen people Whereas, solve them before and it's just 
mesmerizing. It's so mesmerizing. Cool. Whereas yeah. for me, I'm like, tell me your ADHD without telling me your ADHD because I'm like, one, two, three, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I threw it across the room. <laughs> but half the time he wasn't even watching. He was just like looking up, talking. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you, what, stop it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, shout out to the Rubik's Cube people. For those of you who are new to the podcast today, welcome. Um, we are very, very happy to have you here. Uh, you will notice already that it's a little bit chaotic over here on the couch uh, or in the studio. I tried to. I hey put on. I put on the Instagram <laughs> post today where I posted up a picture of uh, Rachel and Baby B um, looking mighty fantastic. Um, but yes, and I I posted on there that we had you guys in the studio tonight, trying to sound all profesh. <laughs> It's on the couch. So I'm going to debunk your thing when you said baby B can sleep through everything. Except Callie's laugh. Yeah, that's what he's doing. That's cool. I'm so sorry. He hasn't like fussed about it. He's just waking up. Wouldn't even know he was here if we hadn't said anything to him. He looked at me. Anyway, I will will attempt to be less witchy with my laugh. Sorry, everyone. Um, But as always, we will just let everybody know that this podcast is about our experience with my late ADHD diagnosis and also the experience of our guests. It is in no way intended to be any kind of medical advice or advice for you and your life. Uh, Hopefully you do... uh Find something that you might find funny or interesting or relatable. Yeah, we can hear him. Little squeakies. Little squeakies. It's like Maggie Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) So I've come up with a nick for this week. You've got an ick. I've got an ick. Wow, we haven't even been allowed to finish the intro in years. We might as well just move on, just get on with it because you were talking. Well, I'm just making sure people know that they, you know, it's not medical advice. And that relates to both us and any guests we have. Yep. Definitely not medical, not professional, not anything. Not we're, just, we're just here to make noise. Just here to chat. So I've got yeah. Nick. It makes your skin cool and your sound. bits dry up. <laughs> what are you, Ick? Tell us, Lucky. No, no. I mean, leave that in there, but you know. How good is getting multiple, like, 5 a.m. Instagram messages? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Okay, this is actually a serious apology. So when, how to describe it, when you have a certain number of followers as a creator on social media, whichever platform it is, you get to a certain number of followers and you get given access to different types of creator tools, they call them. And when I got to seven and a half thousand followers or something like that, I got given, well, you don't ever go on there or do anything with it. So I'll say I, Um, I got given access to a broadcast channel, all right? And then I was, I don't know, watching someone else's broadcast channel or seeing something and I thought, oh, that looks like a lot of fun. So I literally went into the broadcast channel I have access to and I just put a message in saying something like, if I were to use this broadcast channel, would anybody watch it or what would you like to see? Because I also didn't realise it's one way. So, you know, I'm awesome. And apparently I then went out of Instagram and I think I went about my day. I can't remember. I just didn't even, I wasn't even in Instagram at that point. And then apparently it's sent to a certain number of my followers, most of which um, seem to be overseas, 15 or so notifications. And so I got a few, I, when I went back into Instagram a few hours later, I had a number of very angry emails. And I am so sorry. I have emailed people back once it was passed. When I checked on the world clock and made sure it was a reasonable time. Um, but yeah, I'm so sorry if you were one of those people. And a massive thank you to all of the people, my beautiful listeners, who did say, hey, just so you know, you sent out a number of notifications and also then let me freak out to you. 
him writing about how I lost about 50 followers as a result. <laughs> and Instagram followers, guys, I don't know if you know, they're very hard to get and very hard to keep. Um, yeah, so I'm really sorry, genuinely. Um, but it's not an ick. Flip it. I was so cranky. I like, I didn't do anything. And this concludes the first episode of Callie Doesn't Read Instructions. <gasps> there were no instructions. I don't know what happened. I'm usually pretty good at that stuff. All righty, so Rachel, because you haven't been on here for a little while, we have started asking all of our guests a certain number of questions, so we're going to run through those with you as well, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Excellent. So we start with what is your language preference? Now, interestingly, a lot of people say their language preference evolves. Podcast is going off in the background. Apparently her language is me. Podcast. Did I say podcast? Podcat. (laughs) Podcat's very happy to be involved right now. Yeah. Hey, Podcat. (laughs) So do you have a preference around language? Because obviously we know that, um, you know, language is really important for people feeling included or not feeling othered. Um, So we do like to make sure we are using the correct language for our guests. I'm not really picky. Um, I think there's a slight preference in if you're going to say neuro... Sorry, let me just get this one. If you're going to say neurodiverse versus neurodivergent... Mm-hmm. Looking into it, I'm trying to be more conscious of saying neurodiverse. Um, okay. Divergent has kind of a negative connotation that you are, you know, diverging from the norm and there's something mm-hmm. potentially negative to that. So okay. I personally prefer neurodiverse. Interesting. Yeah. However, I often forget which one I'm trying to say and, and either might slip out. But I do have a preference for diversity as a pair of divergence. That is interesting. Let's have a conversation about this. So do 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 side quest. Um, <laughs> because I am always really interested in learning. I love getting other people's perspective because I think one thing we all know is there is no hard and fast rules in this space. And so neurodiversity, as I understand it, is everybody in a room, regardless of your neurotype, is neurodiverse. Yeah. And so you don't have to have any form of um, like undiagnosed or undiagnosed, mm. any form of, say, ADHD or autism or OCD or, or any of the other things that could fall under the neurodivergent umbrella. Um, literally, it's just different ways of thinking, different ways of processing information, I guess. But um, whereas neurodivergent is about having a different neurotype, but... I am really fascinated in, you're the first person who's mentioned it, yeah. you know, in all of the conversations I have on a daily basis about this, you're the first person I mentioned it and I want to learn more. I mean, this is just personal preference and I think it's something that I crafted after looking into it professionally for a while. Sorry, you can you can hear baby B just, um, he's asleep. He snuffles. <laughs> he's snuffling. Um, but I, I think for me, it's a personal preference in that, like you said, everybody's brain is diverse I don't necessarily think that it needs to be a negative thing Mm -hmm. um and I think that like I said divergence is divergent from the norm yeah and I think society's created a norm yep um it doesn't necessarily have to be correct and if you're actually looking at like evolution I think um that neurodiverse brain um or a neurodivergent brain 
has been really advantageous in the past, but in the modern civilization that we live in, I know he's being so loud, in the modern civilization that we live in, I think it has become a negative thing. It doesn't need to be. So I just like to think that, yep, there's a bit of um, diversity as opposed to divergence from a norm. Because, like, what is the norm at this point? Love it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I I am 100% on board with, and I'm going to go away and think about that a lot more now um, because I can absolutely see the validity in that. Mm, I um, You should totally write a song about it. Where? Someone should. Hmm. But You're a good jingle maker. <laughs> I make great jingles. Yeah. yeah. No, I am. I, I, because it's obviously an ongoing conversation that happens in this space. Yeah. And, you know, I know there are some people who really detest the terminology of neurotypical or neurodivergent. Um, I have to say my preference, my preference, my preference to this point <laughs> has been neurodivergent, mm-hmm. even neurodiverse, because I think neurodiverse is, it has f- for my kind of thinking to this point, and I will say to this point, because I'm going to take this additional information you've just provided and process that over the next little bit, has been, I just think people can go, well, we're all diverse, aren't we? What is diversity anyway? You know, like it just means we're different. And, and so I can kind of see... So for me, I've kind of gone, that's not really accurate. I am neurodivergent. Mm. My, you know, but I don't think neurodivergent is a negative thing, but I can 100% see how some people absolutely would treat it as a negative thing Mm. and do. We all experience that level of thing. Hmm. I'm thinking out loud a lot right now, aren't I? Mm That is cool. Thank you so yeah. much. Um, with it, with regards to your diagnosis previously, you shared, but um, would you like to share again for people who may not have heard that episode? Yeah. So um, diagnosed late twenties, early thirties um, with autism and ADHD, and then I've got you know history of other spicy brained little things. You know, there's some anxiety, bits of depression, things like that, but they're all comorbidities of the bigger umbrella terms of that neurodiversity yeah and it made a lot of sense when it all kind of came together so amazing oh. <laughs> that was a big snuffle, <laughs> little snuffle it's the cutest thing though. yeah little baby snuffles yeah it's amazing good luck editing that out so sorry everyone no, listening okay. it's just gonna be filled it with baby snuffles okay you know what um do 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 side quest. When I first got your message and you were like, um, yeah, and, and I think I'd sent you a message saying something like, what timing wise do you need to work around with the baby? Um, you know, like we'll fit it around you or something, you know, something yeah. like that. And you were like, yeah, no, no, I'm just going to bring him with me and I'll just, you know, just and I work. and I remember when I first got that. And I haven't told you this, but when I first got it, I was like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. Like we can't have, I mean, I can't even have my seven-year-old, you know, like I can't have the baby. And then I literally checked myself and I went, are you freaking kidding me? You with all of your talk about inclusion and accessibility (laughs) and all those types of things, you're literally worried about a baby on the couch. Get over it. And so it was really cool because it was literally in the space of a minute. I did the whole, do I need to? Mm, No, okay, no, stop it. Um, And so I actually am really stoked that we've got baby B here. It is different, but you know what? 
the world should be making space for things being a little bit different. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I'm sorry that I did have that moment of thinking that. Totally fine. Um, I mean, he's grunting his way through this entire podcast, so <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anybody who has misophonia may um, may have some struggles with this one. I'm so sorry. Misophonia, by the way, I had a number of listeners email me. Thank you so much. I say email because I'm freaking old, clearly. But DM me about um, when I was trying to say last week and I could not get the word misophonia out and a number of people did message me to say it's misophonia which is that um real kind of phobia of phobia is the right word but certainly Mm, you know you have a really extreme reaction or sensitivity Mm. to certain sounds yeah so um but i have to say i have a particular attraction to that sound i think it's delightful it's pretty cute but i can see it might be annoying to some people so i do apologize if you're out there listening and you're like oh it's so annoying i'm so sorry I actually think just like we were told the micro, the what's it called? The, not the microwave. The motorbike <laughs> can barely be heard on the podcast. I think people won't hear it that much. I can hear him through my headphones at the moment. So yeah. we'll see how this goes. We are going to move on to what is your meme? What you mean? 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 What's your meme? What you mean? What you mean? What you mean? What is your meme? Oh, for heavens. I really thought we were going to get away without it today. So, over to you first. So, I actually didn't pick a meme. Oh, <laughs> I mean... Immediate fail. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I can tell you a fun story of the time I was accidentally made into a meme. You were made into a meme. So, it was done on purpose by a friend in college. Uh, she took a picture of me. It was while I was growing up pixie cut. And it was in the mullet stage and she took a picture of me one night and I was pulling a really, really, really bad face as well. Um, And then she made it into like a stupid meme and we completely forgot about it for about six or seven years. And then uh, we were hanging out one evening and we were like, oh my God, remember that time? Like, who made you into a meme? (laughs) And so we looked it up to see like, I wonder if it still exists. And it did. And then on that website, they were like, sub threads <laughs> of my picture yeah. on that meme with different captions and the captions were not in English. Yeah. We looked into it and it turns out my face had become this meme in like Peru. Okay. <laughs> All places, why not? Why not? Um because I think the picture looked so bad, it looked like this old Peruvian like soap opera actor. <laughs> And each meme had his like name on it. And I don't I couldn't translate any of them. But it was something like they would caption my face with lines that he would like famously so said. So like lines from the soap lines opera. Lines from the soap opera, uh, but with my la telenovela. face. <laughs> well, look, we've got a couple of listeners in Peru. Um so if guys, you can find if, me if ten you points know, to you. <laughs> can find this meme there is a picture of Rachel I'm not giving you any more information there is a picture of Rachel on the Instagram right now so go have a look Uh, who's gonna take up the challenge and find the Rachel meme nothing rhymes with Rachel apparently it's called the wolf cut oh no this was not the wolf cut I wish I could have been as cool as the wolf cut this was a terrible mullet Um, And you have, if anyone's grown out of Pixie before, you'll know you have no choice but to just go through the mullet stage and suffer every moment. It was awful. Don't do it. 
I'm going to find it. it. Don't do it. I'm going to make it my mission to find it. We're all going to be on a mission. So listener mission for this week. By the way, I did not have a single listener say that they also have toe wedgies. So I'm feeling a little bit of it. Wait, what's a toe wedgie? Exactly. (gasps) Rachel hasn't listened to last week's episode. Look, I've been raising two kids, so. It's fair. Not just raising one, you've been making one. I've been building one and it's just been a little hectic. So what? Yeah, toe wedgie is when. So I stim a lot with my toes. I'm stimming with them now. Mm -hmm. And. I was saying that, and I just dropped it last week. I was mm-hmm. just like, look, I was just, and then I got a toe wedgie, and it was really bothering me. Um, and is it when your sock rides up your, the gap It goes in, in a gap in your yeah. toes. Yeah, it's awful. And these two are like, what? That's not even a thing. Mm. And I'm like, I think you'll find it is. Um, and they're like, no, how does that even happen? So, yeah, there was this whole thing about toe wedgies. No, wedgie. I get those too. Right? Yeah. Okay, so my first meme. ADHD is, I need a shower, but I need to exercise. So I won't take a shower yet, but I need to shower to feel motivated enough to exercise. But I need to exercise to get energy to shower. But I can't shower yet if I'm about to exercise. Picking a thing to do is so hard. And I relate to this so much, the shower with washing my hair. Generally, I'm going to exercise, so I don't want to wash my hair. But then you end up not exercising. You're like, well, now I've got dirty hair. and then I don't <laughs> struggle with planning that stuff. So. I do. As someone who has a lot of very long, curly, thick hair, you have washing my hair. It was looking very hair. luscious. I was wanting to comment yeah. when Thank you Thank you. I've I lost like, it in clumps after having baby B. the luscious mum growth. It, no, I don't. Have I have curly bald patches at the moment. So I found a meme and I found this one specifically. I was like, yep, snap, because... Rachel's here, so you both will resonate or not. You'll just, <laughs> like, stab me. It says, living with ADHD and OCD is hard, you know. The ADHD is like, oh, look, a cat. And the OCD is like, clean it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's no. so unfortunate how much <laughs> that, that is. And also it's so like stereotypy, like with everything, I am sure OCD is about so much more than cleaning. But it's like the ADHD thing of squirrel, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why it's a cat, I think. Oh, yeah. They yeah. tried to be PC. <laughs> so I do have one for you. Um, oh, yay. And I don't know if anyone else gets this, but do you get hangry? Oh, so hangry. So mm-hmm. bad. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is um, the plaque on a bench. So yeah. clearly it's been like dedicated to someone in memoriam. And the plaque reads... For Barbara, who was awful when hungry, but otherwise pretty solid. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best. And I feel like that describes me. Um, Also, I did show that to my husband yesterday and he was like, yeah, that's just you. That is amazing. (laughs) That, oh, amazing. Now, I've got one here that says, just saw a stat on CBC that says 30 to 50% of people have an inner monologue. Half the world, at best, walking around with an empty head. <laughs> Checks so, out. This is where I used to get really confused because people would be like, clear your mind. I'm like, how do you, you must be, that's not a thing. You can't clear your mind. Oh, and awful. me clearing my mind was just closing like three of my 31 tabs that oh, were open. Right. Mm-hmm. It just, I might take that time to clear a couple of them, but they're all still going and there's three songs still happening at mm-hmm. any given it time. It was something like it was like something to do with close your, your Chrome tabs or something. And yeah. it was like, I can't. All 97 of them are my comfort tabs. 
All right, here's one. Um, you don't need to tell me twice. You need to tell me five times because I wasn't listening the first time and then the second time I was thinking about how sad it is there's no baby butterflies. And then the third time I was trying really hard but you mumbled and then the fourth time I wasn't listening again. <laughs> Can relate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so you know those moments where, and I don't even think you've got to be near a spicy to have these feelings, but you wave at someone because you think they're waving at you. Yeah. But I feel like when you are near a spicy, you take it personally when oh, you realize yeah. it's not. I waved to a man because I thought he waved at me. Apparently he waved to another woman. So to get out of the awkward situation, I kept my hand up and a taxi pulled over and drove me to the airport. I am now in <laughs> Poland starting a new life. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> so good. It's funny, actually, that reminds me of this one. Um, when the RSD is RSDing particularly hard, <laughs> and it's this meme of the guy who sat at the table, you know, the one with the, he's got like <laughs> yeah, a cup yeah. of coffee and he's like, table. change my mind table. Yeah, I love him. Um, and it's just got, I'm worthless. Change my <laughs> mind. <laughs> and no one ever will. Yeah. If you're if you're deep in that, it's, no. No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. All right, do we have any more memes? I've got one. I think I was going to end on it. I have a very bad memory. And then it says, but I can remember obscure facts from a show I haven't seen in five plus years. So I put to you, what's the first childhood radio jingle that pops into your head? Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, yeah. Cold sill windows, we're the best, double two, double two, three, four. Put cold sill windows to the test, double two, double two, three, four. With a front door here and a back door there, here a door, quali- <laughs> here a door there, a door quality, and so much more cold sill windows, we're the best, double two, double two, three, four. Or, shit, man, that's Now, impressive. this is a story of three little pigs, and they each build a house for somewhere to live, and something, 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 anyway. And it's another cold sill windows. And it would say, and along came the wolf, he was rough, he was tough, and he looked at the windows, and he saw they were duff, and he huffed, and he Puffed and he puffed and he huffed. Sausage sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that takes such a dark turn. (gasps) They would have been from the UK. They've got to be, what, 25 years ago? Yeah. You think think back to those journeys? Straight away. Australia was always 131166. 131166. 131166. Pizza Hub Delivery. Oh, my God. How about you? That's such a... I've got to think back this to is like gonna home. Put, this is going to put you into such a bad place because you're going to wake up at 3 a.m. and yeah, you're going to. Oh, I'm you so will have, sorry. That you will have husband. planted subconscious <laughs> jingles. I'm going to be waking up for the next week, and you know what? You're going to be getting voice memos. Good. I want voice memos at yeah. three in the morning, and I'm going to play them all. Great. Yeah. It's happening. They're going on my Instagram. <laughs> Send us your jingles. Yeah. Send us Listen your jingles. I do them. have a weirdly, I've got a good memory though. Like any any song, any tune, any lyrics to music that I have had to memorize, it is stuck for life. Hmm. So like, you know, the I'm terrible with math. There, it's out there. It's not a surprise for anyone who knows um, I'm sorry, did you say math or maths? I said ah. math. <laughs> And conversation I, I, from last podcast. You'll get knows, there. No, no, no. I know. I responded to the poll because I'm nice. yeah. passionate about that as an American. No, math. Um, terrible with it, though. But any of the equations that were put into song, I can absolutely do it. X equals negative B plus or minus square root of B squared minus 4AC all over 2A. <laughs> None of that meant anything. Could I plug it into an equation? <laughs> not absolutely not. 
but I can tell you. <laughs> I've got one. Have I ever done the Islets of Langerhans from Mr. Yep. Blundell on this podcast before? Um, I don't think so on this podcast. All right, so here's another one. do 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 do, do side quest. Um, so, Islets of Langerhans deep in the pancreas producing insulin, glucose, do glycogen. <laughs> That's what I remember from my year 11 or year 12, like, science. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. That's it. Uh, funny. Isn't it yep. funny? Song is amazing. The power of song. And, you know, like that whole thing where neurodivergent people particularly really latch into song. Um, cold seal windows. I've realized I have about 17 different cold seal windows. And also Alan's taxis. <laughs> five, 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 five. Alan's taxis. Five, 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 five. You dial, we'll drive. <laughs> there you go. I, I, you know, th- this is why marketing uses jingles. Yeah. Because people grab onto it. It was only in a couple months ago when I realized that People, some people, most people don't actually find like deep, meaningful, like latch onto it and just form your roots into a certain song. Like there are so many songs that I can listen to and be like, this explains everything everything in my life. And then I'll send it to someone and be like, listen to this song because this is what I've been trying to explain and I don't get it. Yeah. But why? How? Don't you get it? It's everything. And then like the tune and it, you get all the feelings and then the words are right. Everything's right. Mm-hmm. Not everyone. Do they not? Feels the same about certain, like some people don't explain their life with a song. I just find that really odd. I mean, yeah. I know we've done the mashup thing and we've talked a lot about music in the past, but that that that's actually made me really uncomfortable to yeah, know that people me. don't get it. I have a whole playlist of like deep, meaningful songs. Um, are you meaning to tell me that not everybody has a song they relate to as much as I relate to Defying Gravity by In Wicked? You Apparently know? not, because also oh, same. My God. And for good. For good. Okay, so I had a real I had a fallout with one of my absolute best friends, right? Uh, mm-hmm. one time. I won't talk about it too much. It was very painful at the time. I find yeah. now. Um but one of the things we did when I, I did when we weren't really speaking, I sent her that song. And it's all about, you know, even though... it's the most meaningful thing to actually send something like that to someone because it puts everything into words that you can't put into words. But not everybody apparently... Sees it in the same way. Yeah, or gets the gravity of it. (laughs) Gravity. gravity. So what's your superpower? Um, Connecting with others. So like rapport building? Yeah, you do that, yeah. You Um, do, 100%. I could absolutely make friends with a tree. Hashtag verified. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to verify you. On yeah, that I know, one. yeah, I know. I know. You're very lovely. Oh, thanks. Um, look, it's come in handy professionally. I think it has aided me. Um, I like connecting with people, but it does make it hard when I want to pick that kind of close knit friend group. Mm-hmm. And it also makes it really hard for oversharing oh, because I want yeah. to connect with people so badly. Mm-hmm. And I think I am quite good at it, but then I take it to the extreme and I feel like sometimes I'm giving away too much of myself to others mm-hmm. or I'm oversharing and then I come back and then I overthink. <laughs> Did I overshare? Probably. Okay. Has a tree ever asked you to leave it alone? Oh. No, trees have been pretty good so far. Just branching out? Oh, God. All righty. So, do you have any icks? My jokes. <laughs> quickly climbing up the totem pole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps everyone entertained. Burn. <laughs> um, Trees burn. I don't like 
the consistency of certain foods, like cooked oak, uh, is it okra? Okra? Okra. How do you guys say it? Okra. I feel like Americans would say I would okra. say okra. Okay. But what is I've it? I've heard Australians. I've only had it like a couple of times. It's a It's a vegetable used in a lot of like Asian cuisine, I think. Okay. I have a friend who really likes it and we get into constant arguments over the fact that she loves it and I say it's the worst thing in the world. Um, I cannot stand the texture. And I think on a similar note, like a cooked tomato. So like, you know, when you're having like a big fry up breakfast and you like fry a half a tomato and it's like slightly cooked and it's a bit warm and it's kind of mushy. Nothing could be worse to me. Lady fingers. How is that going to be says, worse than anything? Known in some English speaking countries as ladies' fingers. I literally never heard of Okra. that. Okra. Okay. Is that because they're gross? Look, they're I long... just don't. It's slippery. It's so gross to oh, try yeah. to eat. No. All righty. So, Rachel. What is your topic of choice today? And I'm conscious we probably haven't actually revisited what you exactly do because we got a little bit distracted. Yeah, we have said that. Yeah, let's go into topic of choice. Yeah, so um, for those of you who haven't listened to episode two, if you haven't, go listen to it. Um, But I professionally, I'm an occupational therapist. Um, Just going to put that disclaimer back out there. Whatever I say on this podcast is not professional advice. However, my background is in occupational therapy, so I'm going to bring that lens to whatever I say. Don't take this as professional advice. I am not your OT. Uh, My topic uh, is something that I've been working in for several years now. So I guess workplace accommodations, you know, how to ask for it, when to approach, who to approach, and maybe what certain accommodations can look like. Yeah, nice. That Mm. I know this is something that we have so much interest from our listeners in is what are those practical things that people can ask for and certainly all workplaces are different which I'm sure you'll go into but what is reasonable you know like that that's a big question right like how especially as women I'm going to take the female lens here and I apologize I'm not meaning to be exclusionary here but certainly we do tend to um, often feel like we can't ask for what we need we in a lot space. of ways yeah it's the whole yeah. taking up space thing and I'm conscious that there are absolutely non-binary or um you know non-female people who would f- have the same experience but it's certainly more prevalent in in females and to then you know feel like actually here's this thing I should just struggle through that every day mm. so so how might people get through those things if they are struggling in their workplace like what are the sorts of things like that people can start thinking about? Well, I think, and this is not necessarily my professional lens, but just something that I realized when I got my diagnosis is that I just thought for 20, 30 years, I just thought I was having a harder time adulting than everyone else around me. And as a kid, I thought I was just having a harder time fitting in than other people around me or that they were just doing it better than me. And what did that do to your self-esteem? Oh God, it dashed it. And that's where I think that overthinking toxic trait comes in Yeah. because okay. I've overthought my whole life. And yeah. sometimes I'm on the money and sometimes I'm way off the mark and sometimes I completely get my gauge wrong. Mm-hmm. So now I overthink my gauge, but I think whether or not you have a diagnosis, or you're questioning if you have a diagnosis or anything like that. If you're struggling, do what you can to make your struggle less. 
Yeah. Whether or not you have a diagnosis, whether or not you would get a diagnosis if you pursued it, if you're struggling, just try to make your life a little bit easier. So um, for those of you who haven't listened to episode two or don't know what an occupational therapist does, essentially... I like to say it as everyone kind of knows what a physio does. Yeah. If you are struggling in any way um, because of the way that your body is working or moving, they kind of work with your body to strengthen and stretch and get it to function better in life. Yeah. OTs can do a little bit with your body, but mainly what we do is environmental. So what things can we change in your environment and your surrounds to make your life easier? So we're not going to change you. We're going to adapt your environment or put things into your environment or remove things from your environment to make your life easier. And I have to say, when you talked about that in episode two, despite the fact that we had known each other for a while mm. at that point, um, <laughs> that was the first time I really, I think, got it mm. about what OTs do. To me, OTs are like this mystical kind of thing no that did do. things... You know, and yeah. I didn't know, but that made so much sense. Physio, I know what physios do. It took me five years of being a professional to actually be able to articulate it that way. Yeah, nice. And as soon as I did, people started clicking and they're like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't even think OTs know what they do half the time because we can do everything. We can do it all. Yeah. Um, it's just what type of OT are you and where are your specializations? Mm. So it's really cool. So the stuff that I'm talking about is based off of the lens that I've been able to curate from my professional experiences and my personal experiences nice. over the years. You could talk to another OT who has completely different experiences. So just a disclaimer there, um, yeah. based on what they work in and they might be able to go into a lot of these things more in depth, yeah. um, or might be able to talk to pediatrics versus, um, yeah. adults and things like that. So I am an OT, but I'm um, you know, you're, you're talking about that spectrum within neurodiversity. Yeah. There's a spectrum in OTs as well. So take that with yeah. a grain of salt. People in OTs, from what I'm hearing, OTs specialize in different areas in the same mm -hmm. way that other professionals. You'll find OTs everywhere. You have no idea that we even exist there. That's like why ninjas it's so weird. The healthcare system. Ninjas. It's amazing. The, the um, OTs do the same thing that GPs do that we found out and they list their specialities. No, we don't. Yeah, it's just occupational therapy. I just invented something. Yeah, perhaps that's something that would be helpful because I guess... The list would be too long. Yeah, I guess yeah. Like with an occupational therapist, in the title, occupational, mm -hmm. to me that meant it is something that is only work-based. So an occupation is something that you do um, that essentially has meaning in your life in some way, shape or form. So it's something that you need to do, want to do or are expected to do. Okay. That is an occupation. Whereas, you know, I just have always assumed mm. occupation as in work. What's your occupation? Yeah. Well, my occupation is I work doing this job. So if we're talking workplace accommodations, I think the first thing is how to approach accessing them. Okay. So a lot of people probably don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would say start by reading through your company's policy on workplace accommodations so that you know what you are in your rights to ask for. Mm -hmm. um, ideally you work for a company that is accommodating. So do all companies have, is it like a legislative requirement noting we have people in, uh, you know, multiple countries around the world. So there'd be yeah, different so I can't really speak to it, but I I'd say maybe start by asking for your, a copy of your contract and okay. looking through, if you don't really know where to go, if you have a good HR, um, division, yeah. just go to them. 
Okay. Um, a lot of stuff within HR will stay confidential as well. Yeah. So if you want to go and get some baseline, that's probably a good place to start. Okay. Because I guess that, that there really is that question around what is reasonable to ask for. So like that's also going to depend. I think yeah. on the country you're in, the line of work that you're in. At the end of the day, if you're needing too many adjustments, where there it's actually impeding on your ability to actually do your job and mm-hmm. and um, turn over outcomes in whatever regard that is maybe it's unreasonable and yeah. maybe there are too many too many things maybe you need to look at a career change i don't know i'm also not a career counselor yeah um and i guess it's something to think of yeah absolutely because i guess it's interesting as well where you know a reasonable adjustment um and i'm going to use that term specifically yeah. but a reasonable adjustment in a workplace could look like almost anything because yeah. all workplaces are so different i guess I wonder, and I and this is really, I don't know, this is me thinking out loud in a way, I wonder really if it is having a significant impact on other people, whether or not that might cause me personally to hesitate on mm. asking. Um, obviously, the best workplaces are those that have structurally built in um, options options yeah. yeah so you know i've talked about it before where you know where where people don't necessarily feel they need adjustments and it's because their workplace already allows for flexible work mm. their workplace already has low light areas yeah. or their workplace already has um you know quiet zones quiet zones that's yeah. the word i was thinking yeah, of yeah, thank yeah. you or you know like their workplace already allows people to work from home mm-hmm. um whether that's a regular thing or on days where they feel so overwhelmed for yep. whatever reason they don't have to provide a major reason they can just say today i shall be working from home yep. you know and things like that being in place and and thankfully we are seeing an awful lot more of that in workplaces yep. they they kind of mean we don't need to ask for as many adjustments and We've said this before as well, but I've yet to meet a reasonable adjustment that doesn't benefit everyone, mm. not just people who have, you know, um, yeah. you know, whether it's a disability or a um, neurodiversity mm-hmm. um, or or anything else. I've yet to meet a structural. I mean, I'm not talking about very highly specialized. Yeah. I'm on about the structural things like in in classrooms mm. having different types of seating. Yeah. So that, you know, children who need to get some of that energy out can sit on an exercise ball or lay on the floor or, you know, or whatever. Or in a workplace, having the low light zone so that anybody can go into that. If they've got if you've got a headache one day, you know, you can go work in a low light zone or whatever. So I've yet to meet a structural adjustment that doesn't benefit everyone. Yeah. And, And that's why I'm clear to say structural, not the highly specialized individual. It's not a personal one. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess once you figure out what adjustments are possible mm-hmm. or what you might be needing, and that's I'll get into that in a minute. Um, HR is a great first resource. So human resources. Human resources. Um, often they're called people and well-being spaces now, or people and or yeah, they could come under a, a certain amount of terms, but yeah, yeah, those that are there to support you and they're kind of a neutral party. Um, if you have a good rapport with your supervisor, they're mm-hmm. another great person to go to. Um, or if, you know, it's one or two steps above them, but you have a good rapport with that person. Um, it's really who you are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing worse going to someone who you are uncomfortable speaking to or feel threatened by yeah. to ask for an adjustment. 
Um, it's a really vulnerable thing, and I recognize that. And I think we should all recognize that asking for these adjustments is showing a lot of vulnerability. Absolutely. Um, and you're never sure. No. Until you ask, you're never sure. Or unless you've seen other people right. go through, you're never sure, I guess, if it's going to be used against you. Yeah. Mm. So I think coming at it from a way, if you're comfortable advising why you need the adjustment, um, feel free. You can also come at it from a way of saying, I would benefit from this adjustment. And I'm speaking from my experience in Australia mm -hmm. um, and the privilege that we have here, but there's no mandatory like reporting of why you need adjustments yeah. necessarily. You can just go up and say, I need this adjustment. So if you are not fully comfortable, you can give a list of adjustments that you feel might benefit you. And there might be some back and forth and some negotiation with what is possible and what is reasonable. Mm -hmm. But you can always just go and you don't have to necessarily um, have the disclaimer of, you know, I have ADHD and I need these things. So it's completely up to where your comfort, uh, comfort level is. Yeah. So I guess some, some general workplace accommodations that could help someone, and I'm going to speak from an ADHD and potentially autism Beautiful. Um, Thank you. Yeah. area uh, specifically. Reasonable adjustments can come in all shapes and forms. So guys, grab a pen or start the record, whichever you want to do. But it's a look, podcast. If you are, they can just play it back. If you are <laughs> looking for potentially, you know, things, if, if you're having a bit, a few a few difficulties maybe in a workplace that you are thinking, what are the sorts of things that might help? Grab a pen. Yeah, yeah. Have a listen. Some of these might help. Yeah, so I guess... With an ADHD brain, we know that we kind of run really fast, but we also crash hard, Yeah. right? So trying to upkeep like an eight-hour workday with a single lunch break in between is not going to work for us. So requesting regular breaks or scheduling in your own regular small breaks, they can be just micro breaks. They can be a minute or two at a time. Um, put them in your diary, and I'm going to get to diary keeping in a bit, Um but put those in your diary and make sure that you take them because it's going to give your brain the break that it's needing to actually get through the day and it's going to help you to pace yourself so you don't feel exhausted by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And in those little breaks, try filling it with something that's going to give you that like dopamine hit. I was going to say dopamine, go dopamining. Yep. Yeah. yep. So whether that's like playing one level of a game on your phone whether it's listening to a song that you really like while just cutting a lap around the office, whether it's going to get a cup of coffee, anything Eating like that. Eating salt vinegar chips, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anything that's going to give you that dopamine hit, use it as like a carrot at the end of the stick for the next chunk of work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a really physical example of this is something that I heard back in college in a study tactic that I actually had a friend use that was like get a gummy bear and put like pick three gummy bears and open your textbook and just place them randomly. And when yeah. you read to that point, you get your gummy bear. Read to the next one, you get your gummy bear. Fun. So it's go find your gummy bears. Yeah. You know? um, so on that though, if you are seeking, if you're if you're a, a sensory seeker for movement, getting those movement breaks to mm -hmm. reset. So cut a lap around the office. Yep. Um, or Is that cut a lap or cuddle lap. 
No, it sounded like she was saying cuddle up around the office. Yeah. So you, you know just what? go find just random go, people goes, and cuddle as them. As long as they're cool with yeah, it. Yeah, just go yeah. snogging yeah. the stairwell. No. <laughs> no, no dopamine we're not snogging. That's a great anatomy episode. That's, that's a, I, we didn't go that far. <laughs> I'm sure. Just um, cuddle laps around so the office. So cuddle people. No. <laughs> yeah. Don't do You just do, do a lap of the office cuddling everyone that you come across. That might be an HR issue. Speaking of HR. Not from a positive No, it's okay. I don't. Endorse cuddling your coworkers it's okay. it's unless adjustment. it's mutual. <laughs> Cut a lap around the office, um, or you know, get up and uh, just you know do some squats or lunges or calf yeah. raises or whatever you need to do. A quick movement break can do wonders for the brain. Um, using your diary, your calendar, Outlook calendar, whatever it is. Um, really, really useful. So I actually prompt myself ahead of deadlines. Yep. Um, and I try to give myself a false deadline. So if I miss it, I'm actually still able yeah. to get it in on time. But I also then will give myself like, okay, rough draft needs to be done five days before the actual so that I have time to get people to look at it. I give other people time to process because for me, I like time to process as well. So I'd like to give them the same. Absolutely. Um, but then it gives me time to process their feedback as well. Yeah, and use nice. that. So um, really utilize um, your calendars and put those deadlines in in whatever way, shape, or form that is. For me, it's giving myself multiple deadlines ahead of time. I couldn't function without my calendar. No. It's why I'm fine at work, but mm. at home I am a shocker for mm. remembering stuff because I don't have – I'm not sat in front of a computer that gives me regular reminders through yep. my calendar. Yeah. I do that with my phone. Yeah. I have adapted my phone to give I me my reminders. I when they come on my phone. I do sometimes. Yeah. It's not great. No. I try. It's going to start putting in some false lunches. <laughs> well, that's, so this is, this is actually one of the things. Uh, my next point, and I have underlined, you can see here, underlined is eat. Yeah. Because we all forget to eat. Um, so it really is, use your diary. If you're visual, log every little task that you're doing, even if it's every five minute intervals and mm -hmm. you really break it down. Log every single little thing, whether it's something to do, call back this person, send off a quick email, reply to this person today, or drink water, eat, go make a coffee, stretch, move, whatever it is. I personally can't get enough of just logging every little yep. thing that I have to do. It's also life hack here. It's a dopamine hit to be able to cross something off oh, your list. Yeah. So free dopamine hit. If you're logging it and then you can cross it off, bam. Um, cuddle someone. And Strike. cuddle. I don't endorse cuddling your coworkers. Um, the other thing is if you're going to set deadlines and use your calendar, utilize those reminders as well. Yeah. It doesn't take much time to actually then turn on the reminder as well. Mm -hmm. And that's really going to help. Um, another thing is if you have a request that someone has, someone's requested something of you in the workplace, ask them to send it in an email. Yeah. You can then take that email put it into your diary and you've got it easy reference there yeah. to get that done. And you don't have to go searching for things or go through misplaced or your inbox, which, you know, could look like a nightmare as well. So use that, use technology there. The other thing is if someone gives you a task to do, repeat it back to them in your own words so that not only oh. do they hear your mm -hmm. interpretation of it, but you can agree upon Yes, I've heard it. I hear you. And this is what I'm thinking you're expecting of me. So you have that ability to troubleshoot any miscommunications yeah, you have. Nice. You're also not going to overthink that then. You know exactly what the task is and they know 
the outcome that they should expect from you. Yeah. And so would you preempt that type of communication by telling them that that's what you're going to be doing? Not necessarily. You can you can do that and not actually tell people. Cool. It's really easy to then say. So just check in. Mm -hmm. This is what we're just checking. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get it to you by Thursday. And you want these details specifically outlined with photos attached. Nice. Done. Um, So now I'm going into specifically different senses areas that people might be either seeking or sensitive to okay okay so if I'm talking seeking or sensitive if you're a movement seeker you might want to run around or walk or pace or you know whatever it might be if you're sensitive to sound um or like auditory sensitive you might you know, pick up on sounds really easily. Like you're hearing the clinking of the ice. Um, we're all picking up on this motorbike that's going by, um, things like that. And, and you might get distracted by noise really easily. So I'm going to start with visual. So bless him. Honey. Buddy. (laughs) That sound needs to stay in. He needs to have some reasonable adjustments. I don't know. He's pretty got the best seat in the house at the moment. He's pretty happy. Okay, so visually, like I've just said, keep a diary. Mm -hmm. Log it. Um, In keeping a diary, personally, I would say color coordinate. Color code. Oh, my God. God. Everything has to be its own color. Everything is its own color. And it saves you having to write massive amounts of Mm -hmm. notes because you know each color. You know what it means. So whether it's your post-it. Okay, I'm... For me, it means my post-it notes, my pens, my highlighters, and the flags in my Outlook and the colors in my diary all have the same coding. Yep. Um, so that might be the extreme. Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. He's dreaming. Yeah. Um, that really, really does help. So all of all of the above, color code to the extent that you're needing. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely keep a diary. Keep that visual prompt. Use your reminders. Um, email folders are your friend Mm -hmm. for me personally, I have a folder for it's been read, but Mm -hmm. I need to action it to read. It's, you know, too long to read right now. I'm running off to a meeting, but it's really important. I need to read this by the end of the day. It's in there and everything needs to come out of it by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, done, done, dusted, case closed or awaiting a response. I need to respond to it. Or I need to follow up on this by a certain date. So I kind of have four main categories so that my inbox is cleared. But I have certain places where I have my, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Um, Actions? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of have an, an order of which... Yeah, the, that order of importance. So for me, my everything stays in my inbox until it's actioned. Yeah, I don't want anything out of my inbox until mm-hmm. it's been actioned. But my email folders are ridiculous—the yeah. amount of in- inbox folders I yeah. have. However, I can find everything. I just don't like a full inbox. It's too overwhelming to me. Yeah. So I know what I need to do based mm-hmm. on, okay, I've got, you know, an hour left in the day and I've been in meetings all day. Yeah. I really need to get these things done. So I'm going to open, you know, a waiting response or to follow up or, you know, there is a really important email in something that needs to be read. I need yeah. to do that. So that helps me. Um, the other thing visually is if you're in a busy office or open plan or anything like that, try to avoid sitting in a main thoroughfare. Yeah. You're going to 
get those visual distractions of people so walking by. True. Same thing for an auditory, but I will get to that. But try to avoid sitting in a main thoroughfare or even next to a window. And it's so hard not to if somebody walks past, yeah, not to then look kind up of and get distracted look up, or like, oh, I really like their shoes or, or like you're the person they talk to then, yeah. especially if you're known for yeah. being somebody who can be a bit chatty yep. or yep. yeah. Yep. So try to, to, to pull yourself away or find like a quiet corner if yeah. you need to. If you actually need to get work done, yeah, yeah. that can really help. Um, moving into... Hang on, oh, sorry, yeah. I'm just going to go back to that. Could that be an adjustment? So if you're in an office, mm. that could theoretically be an adjustment in and of itself is saying, hey, this seat I'm sat at, yeah, absolutely. I'm in the main thoroughfare. Yeah. I don't want to always have to go off to an office or yeah. go find a meeting room or go and, you know, move myself. Yeah. I'm actually just going to need to ask to have my desk move. Yeah, yeah. I, I know someone absolutely. at work, I'm going to call her hashtag Schmegzy. Schmegzy. Um, and she works still with people who I know listen to this pod and she scares easily. So yeah. anyone mm. that comes up from behind her, she squeals. Yeah. And yep. like squeals, screams, yells. And like you know what? That's actually that, yeah. mm. that's actually something we should take quite seriously mm. because that's a trauma response, yeah. right? Like I'm not I'm not I don't I don't know who Schmegzy is. Mm. You know who Schmegzy is. Do I? Yeah, you know Schmegzy, but okay. it's all right. And um, so she turns her desk and has a yeah. different facing. Plenty yeah. of people do that. I've Absolutely. I've I've made that adjustment for multiple people mm. in my many mm. years as an OT. And she yep. sits so that she can see everyone. But yep. she doesn't you might like need to a, actually face mm. out and not be facing a corner. And so for some like people face the corner. Either. So yep. it's just, yeah. I couldn't face the corner. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do well, but I also can't be facing out into everything. Um, look, there's heaps of other things that I'm not going to yeah. be able I mean, to touch on in all of these categories. We'd be here but for hours. We would, uh, days. Um, so I'm just going to move into auditory. So similarly, if you are easily distracted or have. Um, you know, easily startled or don't like loud noises, don't like lots of noises, try to find a quiet space. Mm-hmm. Some offices will be able to provide a quiet area to go to, like a library or a study or a designated quiet space. Some won't. Um, and then it's just up to you to find a quieter spot. Or if that is not possible, you can look into like earplugs, noise canceling headphones, things like that. Mm. Um, Another one is, you know, put your headphones in and listen to, you know, you've got white noise, brown noise, pink noise, green noise, all the colors. Yeah. They all have different kind of frequencies and can do different things. I'm not entirely sure, but a whole bunch of different. Yeah. I can't noises. do white noise. White noise no. makes me want to stab people. I like brown noise. I like brown noise. It's great. Pink yeah. noise also. I've, really nice. I've not really got into pink noise. Mm. Um, send me some. Um, some but I listen to brown noise. Well, I was going to say I listen to brown <laughs> noise every night, um, which now just. It's gross now that he said that. Um, I listen to brown noise every night while I'm sleeping. It's on yeah. all night. Yeah. Um, and I've mentioned it before. It's the Calm app. Yeah. And it's the commercial airline. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's so good. We have a very similar... So we've got the baby sound machines. Yes. And because the the bub is sleeping in mm-hmm. the bassinet kind of next to our bed, we have the sound machine in our yeah. room. Yeah. I don't think I can fall asleep without the sound machine. Either. Yeah, oh, we that was had the it. Best so moment. good. Best and our sound machine has like 34 different sounds or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them is white noise and another, thank God, is brown noise well, in the sound machine. Nice. Like Thought side, of everything. side quest. White noise. I cannot explain the rage no, I get from white too, noise. It's too sharp. Tell that me about um it. 
that if Awful. I if I'm cooking, you know, like they say, if you're cooking on gas, yeah, ah, that's another phrase, cooking <laughs> on gas. Um, no, but if you if you have a gas stove mm. and you're cooking, you should have your extractor fan on because yeah. otherwise you're potentially breathing quite harmful fumes. I can't. No, I don't like the extractor fan. The it only... makes me. Like, it fills me with rage. Rage. Yeah. There is no other way to put it to the point where I'm either sharp. going to cry. Yeah. And I don't generally cry. Mm. I generally respond with anger instead. Yeah. Mm. So the white noise, it pushes me to my absolute limits. Yep. The extractor fan is the worst. Yeah. 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 Mm. I was talking to a guy the other day and he says when he reads, he pops in classical music. I love yeah. classical music. My favourite, you know, one of my That's favorite, my next oh, point, is, is music yeah. without any words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one yeah. of my favourite is the Moonlight Sonata. So yes. if I am so overwhelmed and I'm in a place, like it's different mm-hmm. when you're at home and you can be your ugliest, awfulest, worst self, yeah. which is still not good, but you can without really serious ramifications sometimes if i'm in a place and in fact i do it here sometimes mm-hmm. too but if i'm in a place where i literally can't i put the moonlight sonata on yeah like and mine's gabriel zobo from oh, the mission oh nice beautiful yeah does mumble rap count as music with no words no Uh, so my next one was going to be music without words. So classical music, mm. things like mm. that. Words can actually distract the brain if you're trying to get a thought out. Personally, I find it doesn't help anything. Yeah, I can't listen no. to... I love podcasts. I mm-hmm. listen to them all the time. Can't listen to can't them do it while I'm working. if I'm working. No. Yeah. I guess similarly to what I spoke about, ask people to repeat their instructions or repeat someone else's instructions. The other thing is ask them to send... Um, like a summary of that discussion in an email mm-hmm. or say, hey... I'm going to send a summary of this in an email. If you don't want to ask them for that accommodation, make it yourself and say, look, I'm just going to send a summary of this discussion. That is so good. You're taking the reins. You don't actually have to make it known that you're doing this for yourself. Mm-hmm. It comes off as being a really good team player. Yeah, It's great. But you also then, not only do you have the accountability on both ends and saying we did discuss this today, yeah. but if you've misinterpreted anything, that's a really easy way of getting Absolutely. that interpretation out and they can come back and go, actually, can we change it? And at that point, the rest of the conversations in writing, that you can is, easily yeah. refer back to it and you have a reference if you do need to follow anything up and go, actually, you said this. That is so good because can I just say as well from a leader leadership mm. perspective, um, often you, you you know you you want people to do that yeah. stuff you want to make sure that but also you don't want it to seem like you're micromanaging no. so you don't then necessarily go well we've just had a 20 minute conversation now i'm going to send you an email as well mm. because some people see that as oppressive yeah. or micromanagement right and so when someone says to me as a leader hey is this what you meant or just following up that this is what you're after I have so much respect mm-hmm. and time for that. So I would say don't assume, A, that your leader isn't or your manager isn't neurodivergent themselves. Mm-hmm. But also don't assume that they're across it all, you know, yep. and anything you do like that. Going back to our earlier point about accommodations help everyone, not just exactly the person they're made for, yep. often you know, the yeah, structural yeah. ones. Yeah. This is something that really does benefit a lot yeah. of people, I think. And if that person doesn't want to receive the email with the minutes, mm. they can disregard it. But you're going to always have a record of that. That's right. You know you've done it for yourself, so you can do everything that you can. And if you require a response to say, yes, all good, it you're also not asking for anything more than about 20 seconds of their time. Mm-hmm. So that, I feel, would be reasonable. But, 100%. you know, that's workplace to workplace. 
Um, if we get into something like movement, so some people being movement seekers, and I think yeah. I'm going to speak to seekers more so than avoiders at this point. I mean, point. just speak to me, you know, like there you I go. Am, I'm in my office, like I mentioned, and I have to, I randomly come out of my office throughout the day and I will literally, it's the most, honestly, my, my people are amazing. I will literally pretty much dance up and down the um like the corridor the mm-hmm. the 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 the, the, the thing yeah officey thing um i literally walk up and i'll just shimmy yeah people who were sat there you know like yeah. but not at them but like because i i am a, i'm a movement seeker 100 mm-hmm. i hate being in an office i hate it i want to be out on the floor yeah. see i think sit stand desk should just be a thing 100 just, just be standard well thing. that would that would be a a, a um generalized accommodation mm. like a, a right. systematic one instead of having to put in a request and Absolutely. get measured and all those sort of things it should just the be the only thing, thing is they're prohibitive because they're they're quite expensive but they are getting cheaper because They've, i think the the technology is getting easier mm. don't quote me on that but i've noticed a trend in my time as an ot and doing things like this like workplace accommodations yeah. i think they are getting cheaper and more accessible and who doesn't benefit from exactly. a sit stand and if you don't want to stand don't use the function. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> because that's what I mean. Like, even if you're not benefiting from it going up to its tallest, mm-hmm. you might benefit from because traditional desks may not go low enough. Correct. You know, so if or you're... Or they might not move at all. Or and they may not move at all. Yeah. And if you are, say, a wheelchair user mm-hmm. or a person who is shorter, mm-hmm. you know, the sit-stand desk could really benefit people too. Like, people think it's only for really tall people. But actually, it's that's not. not necessarily the case. It's great for digestion. Because you're not sitting in your seat all day, just eating at your desk. You can stand up, move around. And eat at your desk Well, standing. they say sitting is the new smoking, don't <laughs> they? Well. So. Yeah. so if we're looking at movement, I would say fidgets, fantastic. Be conscious with fidgets. You don't necessarily have to ask for a fidget as an accommodation. However, fidgets can also be distracting to others Mm -hmm. and you need to be conscious of your situation and those around you. So if it's a subtle fidget um, or a subtle stim, Mm -hmm. you probably don't even need to clear that with anyone. But if you find, you know, hey, I, you know, use something that's maybe a bit more distracting, am I able to use that in a high pressure situation or if I get distracted or can I use it? but make sure that I'm just like standing at the back of the meeting room if I need to use this, yeah. something like that. Be conscious of those around you when you are using fidgets, but they are fantastic tools and there's a multitude of different types out there. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you have one that works for you, great. If not, go on to Amazon, eBay, whatever, and you yeah. can buy a whole bunch for cheap and just try them out. The fidgets one, you can as an individual make some really informed or sensible choices here yeah right so i when you said fidgets i immediately picked up my fidget spinner yep all right i freaking love my fidget spinner i want to know where you got home. that one because it's got the poppers as Just well Velcro. yeah lucky lucky i'm the king of me. them because when i first mm. brought them home i don't need these things love honestly them. i love them i'll tell you but where. i will yes, say i have one of these at work as well as one here yeah however this is for listeners it is a one a t- very typical white fidget spinner there is nothing else this looks like other than a fidget spinner and it has three poppets on the end of each arm now this is not that distracting if i hold it up in like like in the middle of my face yes it is but usually i have it in my lap it's not actually that distracting however 
The fact that it is a visibly recognizable fidget spinner mm -hmm. is in and of itself something that means I probably wouldn't use it in most of yep. my things in work. Um, I was lucky enough that previously I worked in a place where many people have fidget spinners and so it wasn't really that, that much of an issue. But there are very cheap, these are not expensive, mm. Uh, fidget toys now that you can get from wherever yep. that are are easily um, disguised. Yeah, you know they don't toys. walk. Desk yeah. toys, but I will say so. We've got Rainbow Slug. Rainbow Slug. Mm -hmm. Look at him go. Very noisy. Yes, not appropriate for an mm. office. My favorite all. one is a fidget cue. Ooh, and if you get like a metal one, very noisy I as really well. It clicks and clacks and okay. clacks. But it is. So satisfying. Because I really want some of the metal ones I've seen. There's so, like fidget rings. You can well, get fidget rings where you can yeah, spin them. I've yeah, I've seen those. And that would be a lot less distracting. But I like my fidget cube personally. And this is a side quest. But do, 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 side quest. I'm dancing to that. Um, but yeah, I, I like my fidget cube personally. But it's not great for an open office. So these are fidget rings, right? I Ooh. love these. Same place. I tend to play with them a lot, right? Same place, I'll hook but you up. But what Please. I will say is what I really want are the ones that look more like jewellery. Yep, and then you spin the top of it. And you spin yeah. it, mm. yeah. And there's some that kind of are like a band, yeah. yeah. And so you can actually get, and Dr. Dye has got some of the, or she actually, no, it was just a normal ring mm. that she uses it yeah. as a fidget, didn't mm. she? Um, but you can get things like that because they are not as distracting. Yeah. And so you won't actually see it. And I don't know if you've noticed throughout this podcast, I've been stimming really badly in this podcast. I don't know why, possibly because I'm a couple of glasses of wine in, but... Um, I've chewed the absolute shears out of the inside of my mouth. Mm. And that's really distracting too, right? Mm -hmm. like, it's very obvious when I'm doing it. So, you know, for me, that's because I clearly am in a point for whatever reason today where I have an awful lot of internal energy that I yeah. need to get out. And so I think that, you know, having those external, um, subtle things, but you have to find them. And I think yeah. this is where it comes down to almost people as individuals. You choose to be subtle yeah. or you choose to make a point. Yep. You know, and so... And yeah. that's that personal preference with accommodations. Yeah. Um, you can you can request them as much as you need. Yeah. But just know that sometimes they might not be reasonable within your workplace. Yeah. And that has to... Sometimes that just has to be okay. Um, certain workplaces, it's... Yeah, I do want to try these. Certain workplaces, it might not be safe for certain yeah. accommodations to be made. Um, so, you know, if you're say a truck driver and you're like I need a fidget spinner probably not a safe request because you need two hands on the wheel right that, really good just point. for yeah. an example um but I guess other things with movement for me another I guess a fidget that I didn't realize was a fidget but has always helped me and is really subtle in a workplace is just note-taking Oh, writing yeah, of course not necessarily doodling <gasps> but note-taking good point i take s copious notes yeah. and it's just the act of taking the notes well that yeah. for me it solidifies the information in my brain to yeah. physically write it but also it helps me to pay attention pay because attention. it's actually a fidget to write i've never thought of it that way yeah. So note-taking can be considered Anyone a fidget. Anyone would think you were like, you know, had expertise in this. Oh, my God. Uh, oh my God. I actually came to that one not as an OT. That, that was a personal revelation. Um, pacing, walking, like you say, you know, go and have a dance break. 
Mm. whatever you need to do. But if you feel that it might not be necessarily appropriate for your workplace, just ask about it and say, look, you know, every, um, you know, 25 minutes, I'm going to take a five minute break. It doesn't have to, you don't have to break it down that much, but yeah, I'm going to take a regular break and I'm just going to go and walk or I'm going to whatever it is, walk to the kitchen, yeah. grab a glass of water and come back. Um, I think there's a thing you can add to your um, outlook, which is part of health and well-being, and it counts down break and it breaks. Prompts. It's yeah, break prompts your yep. computer, yeah, and yeah. it just turns off and, and yep. yeah, yep. yeah, interesting. That's a, it's a different program. Um, I think there's. Can we plug things? No, probably not. Probably but there are not. few. We have a there few, are a few. programs that you can look up yeah. online yeah. that will do that and they will they will give you the prompts. A lot of people will ignore them. They find them annoying. I do. I find mine really annoying. But if you I'm need like, that extra prompt, I don't I don't like being told go and take a break now. Right? I want this to schedule my I just, own. I was like, don't you freaking tell me don't what tell to me do. Don't tell me when to take a break. Yeah, I it really annoys me. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, how dare you? So that's tell why me I will I will, you know, a 30 minute block to write a huge email or to write, you know, really get into this report. And then at, after that end of that 30 minutes, I know my brain's not going to mm. be working anymore. So I will schedule myself a movement break. And that's where the outlook reminder comes up. Yeah. And I have ownership over that. Yeah. So if I want to shut it down, I know that I'm shutting myself down. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not being, the flow is not being interrupted. Yeah. If I'm in the groove of something and something comes up and interrupts me, I'm not getting back into that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I don't, I personally... I don't like those programs, but I also take ownership to set myself the reminders. Yeah, nice. So it's a bit of extra work, but for my brain, it works. And I have to say, I've learned a lot from our little person, um, our kiddo, on the movement stuff because we've tried to create space for her mm -hmm. to understand, listen to her body, know what she needs. And she's really started to be like, I've got the energy and I need to let it out. Is it okay if I go scream or is it Amazing. okay? I just need to jump around and do something. And, you know, like we, we've, it's been a learning journey, but I have to say I've learned from her mm -hmm. on that where she will do things and um, be like, no, you know, like when you've got the fizzing and your arms are fizzing and your legs are fizzing. And I'm Amazing. like, yes, yes, I do. And she's like, and then I just jump around and I just go silly for a second and it helps me to concentrate. Ugh, and I'm like, Amazing. me too. And so, yeah, I do tend to, um, I feel like I've learned from her on that. And I do, that's why I, I, I don't hide so much. Yep. Sometimes I'll literally do it in a much more like, um, grown up way. And I'll just mm -hmm. go for a walk around yep. the office. Yep. But there are times depending on who's around, um, you know, we all have our safe people where I'll literally just go up and I, and I have, um, you know, the you've Tom, danced at me before. Yeah. You know, the Tom Cruise dance. Yeah. You've seen <laughs> it. I think the yes. Tom Cruise dance where he's in the socks yeah. and the shirt. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That dance, yeah. I do that a lot. I've never re even seen that movie, I don't think, but that I feel <laughs> that's that's what my dance look like looks like. Um, I do that a lot, depending on who's around. I but do the Elaine from Seinfeld. I do, I've never seen Seinfeld. I've never I can't watched dance. Seinfeld. Oh my god, I can't dance. I have no movement. You've seen me attempt to dance in Zumba. You're fine at Zumba. I'm not. The last one on movement, um, if you need to move to process information, you can request a walk and talk. So yeah. if your if your colleague or supervisor is open to it, just say, hey, can we actually just like walk while we have this meeting? Or, hey, can we discuss this while we go grab a coffee? You don't even you can make it pretty inconspicuous, but discuss those bigger things while moving. 
if possible, or if you're ready to call it out, say, look, I'm going to process things so much better. Can we do a lap around the block, get some fresh air, talk it through? You're not wasting any time, but you are going to process better, potentially. Yeah, and I have to say, um, if if I'm not allowed to move Mm. and fidget while I'm doing stuff, my attention is going to keeping myself still yep. as opposed and not to what, what I saying. need to be attending yeah, to. Exactly. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're a movement seeker, like we both clearly are, yep. these things can help you, but sometimes you just need to read the room. Uh, so um, cognitive, we're going to move into the cognitive area. Um, so you can ask for processing time. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know my processing time for difficult information is one to two days, but I definitely need to sleep on it at least one night. Interesting. So if you give me difficult information, I will, I know I will react by digging my heels into the ground and hating every bit of it. If you let me sleep on it and you don't push the point with me, I will have a complete, you know, freak out over whatever it is, whether it's internally or to my gorgeous husband who deals with all of this usually, um, or sometimes to a colleague or to the person give me the feedback directly. Um, but if I sleep on it, I can come back the next day and it's not like I'll go into it and go, Oh, I've had a change of heart. It's just, I'll come in the next day and go, okay, we're doing this right had no choice. We're doing this. Great. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do it. And here's my 10 set plan. Nice. That's how I know that I process things. So I think my advice would just be figure out how you best process things, really think about it. And you can ask for that time. So for myself personally, I ask for the time that's needed on things like big news tasks for meetings if I need to do any preparation, mm-hmm. don't drop it on me 10 minutes before and don't drop it on me in the meeting. If possible, two hours or more of warning would be great so that I can get my thoughts together, put it on paper and be able to speak on it confidently Um, and deadlines as well. And that goes back to me allowing myself that time in my Outlook calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So know how you process things and the time that it's going to take. Yeah. Deadlines are so key, though, as well. Yeah. Mm, you got to have something to work to. Yeah. Um, I hate getting emails and sometimes yeah. they seem to be and you get an email and it says, right, here's a thing. And you're like, cool. When is that needed by? Yeah. If you don't tell me, I'm going to never do it. Mm. The other thing cognitively to be considerate of is, is does the person that you're speaking to or do you, are you one of those people who wants a little bit of information and you just need to know your piece of the puzzle? Don't bother me with the rest. Or are you the person that wants to know the whole puzzle so that you know how your piece fits into it? Mm, I'm the I'm a whole bit. puzzle. I'm my bit. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. Give me an overview on this. Tell me what you need, and I'm done. I will go and get yeah. it done. Yeah, I want to know how everything's going to work and how my piece fits in with everyone else, and that that's really important to me. So th- there you go. We would work very differently, and yeah. that amount of information that we're requesting is going to be different. Yeah, but I think that's important to know about yourself, so that if you're speaking with a manager, and this is not necessarily a reasonable adjustment. As someone who's had leadership experience as well, it's something that's really crucial for you to know about your staff um, and I think crucial to know about yourself so that Mm -hmm. you can tell your staff or you can tell your supervisors. It helps that working relationship, neurospicy or not. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Last point that I want to (laughs) touch on is touch. No. So, dad joke. I feel what you're doing there. Yeah, look, you were... I just... (laughs) 
took your role. Sorry. Um, <laughs> saw's not saw. Um, I think touch. One of the things that I wanted to think of was clothing. Mm-hmm. So like if you have a required uniform, yeah. if it's really loose, but you want deep pressure, maybe consider wearing, um, you know, compression wear underneath oh, yeah, or nice. a tighter fitting garment underneath. Mm-hmm. If it's something that's really itchy, put it, try to put a singlet on underneath. Mm-hmm. If it's something that's heavy and you need something lighter, that might be a discussion that you need to enter into. If it's something like safety gear that's bothering you, that might be a non-negotiable and you need to actually have that discussion as what's reasonable and what might not be possible with this job. Mm-hmm. Um, so just have, have a think about maybe some of the things that you're wearing, some of the points of touch that you're required to do during the day or have around you and things like that. Yeah. Um, uniforms was the first one to come to my head. Yeah. Um, cause I know that that can be really tricky for people. If there's something that's required to be worn and it does not work for them, then that's something. If you have flexibility to work from home and you are feeling like you were saying, you know, those days where you just say, I just, I'm overwhelmed and I really shouldn't be in the office, can't yeah. be in the office, will not do my best work, will not show up best. But I can work. But I can work. Yeah. Sometimes that literally comes down to I can't put on restrictive oh, attire today. My so God, yes. even coming down to, so for me, one of my, and this is not really a side quest, but it's just a, a bit of a follow me on this journey. Um, with my NeuroSpicy, I also have some digestive things that will sometimes go on when I'm really stressed. Yep. In that, sometimes restrictive clothes or clothes that don't have a significant yep. amount of stretch can be really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The other thing is when when I was pregnant but not able to be in maternity wear, you get that weird, oh, that, you're in that yeah. weird in-between stage. A lot of my clothing was really uncomfortable, but maternity wear was too loose and I couldn't physically wear it yet. So I was actually showing up to work uncomfortable all day and not able to focus. Yeah. So that's not necessarily a neurospicy thing, but the digestive stuff sometimes can be a side effect so be aware of that that some days it would have been easier for me to request can I please work from home because I need to physically be comfortable and to do that I have to wear pajama pants and a blouse and you know I can I can look appropriate on any meeting that I need to have but what I'm wearing will allow me to do my best work and focus otherwise I'm going to be uncomfortable yeah. And unfocused all day. And I think where it comes into a neurospicy realm is mm-hmm. that we talked about this last week with Andrew when we looked at, um, you know, sensory issues in ADHD versus sensory issues in autism. Mm-hmm. Is that when you have ADHD or, and I'll talk to that because that's my experience, mm-hmm. um, you can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You can't stop focusing on it so it's not like you can just go look I'm just gonna have to put it to the back of my mind and I'm just gonna get over it and I'm just gonna deal with it you literally can't Mm -hmm. when you are when you have ADHD and from what you know and that's from an ADHD perspective and my understanding is that is equally as challenging as a as a a autistic person yeah um you know in a way that if you can segment your attention or just you know deal with it you won't necessarily understand. And it's like, no, hang on a second. No, I know I've got a toe wedgie mm-hmm. and you can't see it. And it's yeah. not, you, you're you like, yeah, but it's just, just deal with it. Take your shoe off and deal with it. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, because the imprint is on my foot now yeah. and between my toes and it's going to be there for a while. And if I don't deal with it right now, and I have definitely been in situations, certainly as an ex-police officer um, and stuff like that, where I've been in a position where I am on public 
show public display as a police officer particularly when like the prime minister was there or the president at one point visited um and it's like I can't do anything about the massive freaking wedgie I've got on my butt right now, let alone yeah. my toe wedgies that I'm doing because I'm stimming yeah. um, in the world's worst uniform. Um, but, you know, like things like that, you can't no. focus. It is not a case of deal with it. That was the cat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not a case of deal with it. And, no. you know, you just can't. Yeah, block it out and move on. It's yeah. just going to get worse. Yeah. 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 So, look, that's that's... A touch as well. I'm yeah. just going to add to that. There are some workplaces that are very huggy. Yeah. I've definitely worked in places like that. And I have masked to that multiple times. And I got to the point where where I'm not comfortable with that, mm-hmm. generally, unless, like, I know people. You know that, yeah. um, it's something that... And I ended up... the I've talked about before my uh, previous place or team that I worked with when I was going through my diagnosis and how um, that was the first team I ever turned around and said, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, you know, yeah. and they were great with it, you know, yeah. and, and it became a thing, yeah. you know, it was just like, look, don't hug Callie. And people would literally be like, they'd all be hugging the shiz out of each other. And I saw a few of them the other day and they were like, can I hug you? Is that okay? That makes all the difference yeah. because I'll always say yes. Yeah. And in fact, no, I won't always actually, that's not quite right. If I'm having a bad, if yeah. I'm in a bad space, I'll be like, not at the moment. However, give me a minute, yeah. you know, and, and I'll work to it. All right. Wow. Hopefully people got something from that. There was a lot there. Like we If you were writing that down, your yeah. hand would be aching. I know. I I'm sorry. I almost so feel like sorry. I shouldn't have said, don't write, don't write that down. Um, but as Lockie said, he made a very good point. It is a podcast. You can listen to it 78 times. And, uh, you know, we're supporters of that. Too. And you should give yeah. it five stars while you're doing that. 100%. Um, so, look, if you have any more questions in any of those things, we have focused on the workplace today, uh, but there are schools. Mm-hmm. There are are you know pediatric um occupational therapists we are certainly going through the process of trying to get one at the moment for our child um and it is a different uh specialization like you mentioned earlier uh there are various other things as well that you might want to put in place from an ot perspective but um if it's made you start thinking hey maybe an ot might be for me maybe there are some things i could get from that then you know let us know send us a dm or a voice memo i have to say I've really started to enjoy some of the really in-depth messages I've started to get from people and I'm loving them. And thank you so much. You, you, you know, it really is fantastic getting all of your messages. Um, if, uh, people want to say at the bottom happy for this to be shared on the pod then you know um then i can do things like that because you know i am i do have adhd and sometimes i forget to ask and then i get to the podcast recording and i think i didn't ask if i can share that on the podcast and so i don't so if you are happy for these to be shared please do let me know and then we can share them as always, uh, if you have uh, any questions or anything for us, please send us an email or a DM. The email is fthemfish at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram. That is pretty much where I spend most of my time now. So uh, please come and find us there. And uh, our little one has done her own little podcast. So 
keep an eye out for that. It's called PB's Productions. She chose the name. She wanted it to be PB's Productions. And it is my ADHD kids podcast. I love so it. it is um it's pretty awesome. I have it's to epic. say it is so good. So I played a bit of a, a bit of the the first episode we recorded to Rachel when she first got here. It She's is the adorable, coolest right? kid. She's it is the so coolest cool. kid. So keep your ears out for that. Um, it would be a little bit different to this one, obviously. She is seven. So <laughs> it's uh, it's all about uh, having ADHD as a kid from a kid. So, yeah, keep an eye out. We'll drop the trailer soon and let you or know when ear. that one is available. Or an ear, indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel, Thank for coming you. back in. I have to say we'd had so many listeners ask for you to come back in. I was a little busy. I'm so sorry. No, no, not back. at all. I have been so incredibly excited to meet Baby B. I've been desperate to do so, but also, you know, um, as with all um, certainly ADHD or neurospicy friendships, there's never an expectation. It's always like, just so you know, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I know you've got your thing and, um, oh, shit, it's been three months. Yeah, Yeah. I have faith we'll always catch each other. A hundred percent. But yeah, we've been really excited to have you here and you, Baby B, we're super excited to have you. And we've been excited to have you all too, listeners. Thank you so much for dialing in. I like to say dialing in, even though I know it's meaningless. So it's cool. Is it? Probs. Or is it just vintage? Vintage. Oh. <laughs> it's vintage. Dial up. Yeah, so vintage. Um, so, yeah, look, tell your mum. Tell your nan. Bring everybody here. We do appreciate you and, uh, you know, we love that if you can show your support for the pod by sharing, by uh, liking any social media post that you see and sharing it, that uh, makes a massive difference. So, uh, yeah, we love you. We will see you next fortnight. And uh, thanks for coming. Bye. Bye.